Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pod. I am Chris, and today I would like you to be my fellow traveller on our shared journey to faraway lands and times. Tonight, I will be your guide as we travel to the wonderful world of ancient Greece to hear the myth of Cupid and Psyche. Before our story begins, let's take a moment to feel wonder and awe at being here in this moment. Take a few seconds to calm your breathing. Allow your body to sink deeply into your mattress. And as you lie down, lay any burdens aside. Allow yourself to revel in this ancient story, a tale of forbidden love and passion. Are you ready? Let's begin. Once upon a time, when the world was very young, when gods and goddesses gifted the planet with immeasurable treasures, there was a great kingdom, and it was in this kingdom that a king and queen ruled with wisdom and care. To this king and queen, three daughters were born, and although they were all lovely, charming, and very pleasing to the eye, only the youngest, the third princess, possessed unearthly and unmatched beauty. Her name was Psyche, and as Psyche grew older, so did her grace, loveliness, and beauty. Those who wrote of her said that the poverty of language could not express its due praise. The fame of Psyche's beauty soon spread far and wide. Her name and appearance soon became so legendary that travelers journeyed a great distance just to see her for themselves. All men soon heard of Psyche and began to leave their usual worshipping at the altar of the goddess Venus and devoted their attention and praise to Psyche instead. Now, you can imagine the fury that overcame the goddess Venus the people in the streets below were chanting another's name and whispering of this virgin's beauty and grace instead. What made Venus even more offended was that Psyche was a mere mortal. How is it that a mortal girl outshines me? She cried. I guarantee that she shall not so quietly usurp my honours. I will give her a reason to be sorry she was born so beautiful. Now, Venus had a son named Cupid. He was a mischievous lad, with wings to fly, a bow and arrows, and nerves to make the best of mothers always on edge. Yet, the goddess Venus assumed her plan was clever. Look upon this hideous mortal girl, she called to her son, and revenge your mother. Use your arrows to infuse in her feelings of passion for some equally hideous creature. 
Find someone low, mean, and unworthy, my son. Honor the gods, and let her reap a mortification fit for such a lowly human being. Cupid, eager to please and obey his mother, promised to carry out her commands. From his mother's magic fountains, he filled two amber vases, one with sweet potion, and the other vial with the bitter waters. Carrying them atop his quiver, he flew to Psyche's chambers and found her fast asleep. Her body lay serenely draped over her bed. Her long, flowing locks seemed as if they were made of gold. Her lips, closed in slumber, were as full as a rose in bloom on the most beautiful spring day. Her bosoms, as supple and tender as if they had never been kissed before. Cupid moved closer to drop some of the bitter fountain's water onto her waiting lips. But, as he moved near, the point of his arrow nudged her side. Psyche awoke at the touch of his arrow. She stirred, and eyelids lifted. At the sight of her starry almond eyes beneath, Cupid startled himself. He clumsily pierced his own skin with the arrow. As for Psyche, she could not see the young god who remained invisible. She turned over in her half-woken state, stretched a little, and smiled to herself still lost in the haze of a midsummer's dream. Cupid now felt sorry for wanting to cause her mischief. To repent of his ways, he decided to instead pour the balmy drops of sweet water over all her silken hair. As time passed, Psyche's two sisters were wed to two royal princes. And though all men still remained in awe of the youngest sister's beauty, none dared ask her hand in marriage, lest they reap the wrath of the goddess Venus. It seemed as if the young woman would never find true love. When her parents turned to the Oracle of Apollo for a consultation, they indeed received an answer. However, it was not what they had expected. The virgin is indeed destined to marry, yet not to just any mortal. Her future husband is a monster who awaits her on the top of a great mountain. A dreadful decree indeed. The king and queen were inconsolable the people of the land wept with dismay. It was Psyche herself who decided to bear the burden, willingly. I am the victim here, she told her parents, and I submit to my fate. Lead me to the mountain of my unhappy destiny. Her parents were heartbroken, but they saw no way out of fate's hands. 
they prepared a royal procession to carry her up the mountain. When they had reached its summit, the king, queen, and all the people returned home, heavy with sorrow. Psyche stood, trembling with fear, on the ridge of the mountain. Her eyes soon swelled with tears, the evening wind grew cold, the mountain air dark, but the grass beneath her feet was soft, and she finally settled down to sleep. When she awoke, Psyche found herself in the most beautiful grove, with tall cedar trees and crystal water nearby. She felt refreshed from her nap and decided to wander. Presently, she came to a magnificent palace. Its golden pillars were welcoming. Everything inside filled her with awe. There was great framed art, diamonds and treasures on display. As she stood there in amazement, she heard a voice. My lady, all that you see is yours. We are the voices of your servants. We shall obey all your commands and fulfill all your wishes. A warm bath and supper awaiting for you. Amazed, she looked around but Psyche could see no one. The voices continued, and she followed. They led her to a wonderful bath, refreshments, the finest wines, and a table spread with all manner of delicacies she had never imagined nor even tasted before. There was even music, played by invisible performers, she recognized the sound of a lute and a harp, and then a wonderful harmony of angelic voices. After her meal, she retired to her bed, and there, in the darkness, her awaited husband came. Although Psyche could not see him in the dim shadows, she knew that he probably intended it to be this way. His kisses and caresses were not at all monstrous. In fact, he was so gentle with her that he awoke a new passion in her body. And as the nights passed and he continued visiting her, the passion touched her heart as well. Each night, she softly asked if he would let her behold his face and every night his answer was the same. Why do you wish to look upon me? Do you doubt of my love? Have I ever left you unsatisfied or any of your other wishes unfulfilled? I ask you to not wish to see my face. All I ask of you is to love me. For many months, Psyche was content to be in this place. She looked forward to her husband's visits, and though he never showed his face to her, she did not wish to anger him. After all, he had given her all his love and taken care of her in this mountain palace.
the only thing that made her sad was missing her parents and her sisters. She imagined that they must have thought the worst had happened to her, and she wished to tell them how this god, whom the oracle called a monster, was, in fact, the kindest being she had ever known. One night, she told her feelings of loneliness to her husband, and, realizing her distress, he agreed to let her sisters visit the mountain. Psyche was glad that he consented to their company. She was overjoyed to see her sisters once again. She was also eager to show them all the treats she had been given in the palace. The warm, refreshing, soothing bars. The music that lulled her every day and every night. The flowers and treasures. The nourishing food. She wanted to share all these pleasures with them. The sisters enjoyed all that Psyche showed and shared with them. But soon, their hearts grew envious of what seemed like a wonderful existence. They began to taunt her and ask where her husband was and to describe his features. He is beautiful and young, Psyche told them, but he is always away hunting. Could it be that you have actually never seen your husband? The sisters said, knowing full well that the oracle had destined her to live with a hideous monster. Do you know what people tell us in the valley? They taunted. People say that your husband is a terrible serpent, a monstrous beast with poisonous fangs. They say he only gives you all these pleasures and feeds you well because he is fattening you for the kill. Psyche did not want to believe her sisters. She had no intentions of ever thinking ill of her husband. After all, had he not granted her nearly every desire? But they were her sisters, and they must have her best intentions in mind, she told herself. You must be level-headed, sister, the others said. Take our advice. Arm yourself with a sharp knife and lamp. Hide them in your bed, and when your husband is asleep, you may light the lamp and look upon his face. Then tell us whether the rumors we have heard are true or not. If they are true, cut off the monster's head. Do not hesitate to save and free yourself. When the sisters had left, Psyche thought over and over about their words. She wondered whether they were right, and in the end, her curiosity got the better of her wits. Psyche did as her sisters suggested. When moonlight fell, she prepared the lamp and the sharp knife. She waited in the dark for her husband's habitual visit. She enjoyed his kisses, his touch, his warmth. She gave to him the best of herself, and she received endless pleasures in return. That night, 
Psyche made love to her husband more passionately than she had ever made love to him before. And, as always, he was gentle, compassionate, and caring as he held and caressed her. When she was certain that her husband was asleep, she lit the lamp. Under the amber glow, Psyche could finally see her lover's face. Yet, to her surprise, there was no hideous monster lying there. Instead, a beautiful man with swirls of hair cascading around his strong ivory-colored neck. A body as toned as the chiseled Mount Olympus, and on his bronzed shoulders, dewy wings with silvery feathers. It was the most magnificent, most beautiful sight Psyche had ever seen. She raised the oil lamp a little to get a closer look, Yet, as she leaned in, a drop of the hot oil fell onto her husband, burning him. Cupid awoke, startled at the sight of his wife with a knife in her hands. In self-defense, he jolted out of the bed, flapped his wings and took flight. At once, he escaped out the window. Angered that Psyche had betrayed his trust and tarnished his love. When Psyche realized that he was not a hideous monster, but instead a beautiful deity, she attempted to follow him. She perched herself on the window and called to him to return. But in doing so, Psyche slipped, lost her balance and fell to the ground below. Cupid beheld her mid-flight, and felt anger and contempt. Oh foolish Psyche, he called, is it thus you repay my love, after I disobeyed my mother's commands and made you my wife? Will you think me a monster and cut off my head? And in his heart, Cupid wept to himself. I do not wish to punish you, sweet Psyche, and so I inflict no torment upon you than this. I leave you now and forever, for the truth is, love can never live with suspicion. With that, he flew away, up, and far into the realms of a dimension where Psyche could no longer behold his face. She remained a long while on the ground, weeping, mourning her loss, and wishing that she were never so curious or so trustworthy of her sisters. We've now come to the end of our story time, and it's soon time for me to say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed this tale even though it was just the first part of a long and challenging adventure for our hero and heroine. The rest of the myth of Cupid and Psyche tells how the woman devoted her existence to pursuing her one true love, 
she is a mere human, fated to love a god. Cupid is one well out of her reach, and whom she had access to, but out of the selfishness of her sisters, succumbed to a much greater loss. Towards the end of the saga, we find Psyche asking the goddess of grain, Ceres, for her advice. She instructs Psyche to surrender herself to Venus. The goddess Venus gives her seemingly impossible tasks and challenges to complete. And so, Psyche goes on an odyssey of her own to win back the goddess's favor. Unknown to Psyche, Cupid remains by her side throughout, invisible, yet always there to aid her. Unlike many other Greek tragedies, this is one myth with a happy ending. Venus allows Psyche to become a goddess, and the two lovers are wed in the realm of paradise. You see, this is a love story, but it is also a telling of Cupid, also known as Eros, or desire of our spirits, and of Psyche, the soul of our human beings. It is a tale of what happens when both our spirits and bodies are overcome with passion, and how we can live so as to make them both united as one. Perhaps, if you come back another night on Soothing Pod, I will tell you another tale. But for now, I wish you sweet journeys in the realm of dreams, a warmth in your heart and mind to comfort you as you sleep. Thanks for joining me, and good night. <laughs>